Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, and Steve Ditko created Spider-Man, X-Men, the Fantastic Four, and the Avengers, timeless characters whose stories were retold in the modern day with the creation of the Ultimate Marvel Universe. Join us as we journey through My Ultimate Year. Welcome to My Ultimate Year. It's a comic book reading club going through the entirety of the Ultimate Universe, one comic at a time. I'm Zach, and my co-host today is Dave Busing, founder and CEO of Comic Book Herald. And Dave, this is episode 13 of My Ultimate Year. I got uh, I got two points to bring up in like broad uh, broad generalities about this this batch of comics. One, okay, women. I've uh, never had a, such a bad batch of comics like fail the Bechdel test as hard as these ones. Literally, the only thing women talk about are the men, uh, even with, if they talk to each other at all. And shopping. And it literally, and sh- making funny funny jokes about how women be shopping. Uh, and uh, two, Mark Miller's Mark Miller's stock is starting to fall. Damon Lindelof's stock you're selling. starting to rise. You're, you're, you're yeah. selling Mark Miller's yeah. stock, and you're buying, buying Damon, Damon Lindelof. <laughs> Although, <laughs> the one and only comic Damon Lindelof has ever written is this one. So maybe I shouldn't be and that was over 15 years ago. So maybe That's right. Ooh, That's right. It isn't it is very interesting because of that uh, creative presence here. But yeah, so this is my ultimate year number 13. So this is we've done a full year of mm-hmm. ultimate year coverage and like you said, we're reading through the entire ultimate universe and we're right about, you know, 2005, 2006 with a jump into 2009 because of the massive massive delays here. With mm-hmm. the Damon I was going to get to that, yeah. Ultimate Wolverine vs. Hulk, yeah, which Be- we'll talk began about. Began in January 2006. He started writing in 20, 2006, finished. It's a six-issue series. Last issue came out March 2009. And I'm going to say, I think it's pretty good. Like, I had a lot yeah. of fun with it. Yeah. I don't know if it's waiting for three years pretty good. <laughs> if you were in the moment waiting for this for all that time, that's absolutely bonkers. But as someone yeah. who's just catching up after the fact on Marvel Unlimited, no big deal, yep. <laughs> right? It's just a weird... Curious thing, although not, I think not the biggest Marvel Unlimited gap that I'm aware of because the Jonathan Hickman and Dustin Weaver Shield Volume 2, the the last issue, no, the last two issues of that came out a good, what was it, eight years, seven years after the fact? It was something absurd. Mm. It's something absurd where it's like 2010 to 2018 because the last two issues of a six-issue series came out a billion years later but anyway that's neither here nor there we're going to talk about these ultimate universe comics and you know what like this is i think first off you're right like definitely not so our writers here today for these various things we're going to talk about we're going to talk about ultimate extinction a five issue event comic touches everything in the ultimate universe we're going to talk about ultimates volume two mark miller and Mm -hmm. brian hitch which for all intents and purposes is an event comic as well yep yep. and then we're going to talk uh ultimates ultimate wolverine vs hulk written by damon lindelof and with art by lionel francis hugh um which isn't an event comic but it's kind of an event it's kind of a big deal uh at least especially now in retrospect given the lindelof's presence so uh, probably the biggest batch of of ultimate universe books that we've read in like one single go you know what i mean like in terms of 
the size, scope, and amount of characters being sure. touched here. Like, this yeah. is a huge... Like, there's nothing here that is small in scope or importance or, or any of that, uh, which makes it makes it fairly interesting. It doesn't make it good, necessarily, but it makes it interesting. So mm-hmm. there's there's a lot to dig into. Um, if you're if you're reading along with us in the Ultimate Universe Club, first off, thanks for joining us. Uh, second off, you can find all the comics we're reading in the show notes. Okay? You can find a list, uh, including what's coming up next. So we do one episode a month. Uh, and the other way you can get the entire list of everything we're going to be reading in the segments that we're going to cover them per episode is via patreon.com slash my marvelous year you can get access to the full spreadsheet including the the my marvelous year spreadsheet where we go through earth 616 the original marvel universe we are at time of recording we are up to 1988 over on that side of things so we're getting closer to these modern comics um but you can find like all that access there via patreon again for as little as one dollar a month you can get that spreadsheet and uh and come get some cool other benefits as well and then the other thing i do want to plug is if you like my ultimate year or my marvelous year please consider rating and reviewing both and or either on iTunes, it helps us out tremendously. If you're going to go through the admittedly enormous pain that it takes to set up an Apple Podcast account and like log in to do that, you might as well just leave a review on. Both you might of as them. well, right? You might even as well if you that. haven't listened to my marvelous year yet, just leave a preemptive review and then go listen to it. I mean, and here's the, here's what you could say: is like it, you know, my ultimate year, pretty solid, solid pod. Mm-hmm. Haven't listened to MMY yet, but considering it's literally the same two people. And the exact same structure. Odds are, odds are, it's of similar. I, I kind of want to meet that person though, who's just like, well, I came in, I loved my ultimate year, my marvelous year, stinks. You guys stink. <laughs> Your opinions over there are no good. Like, just some some factor, you know. We we have heard from that. some listeners that um, my ultimate year, you know, is is maybe a better fit in terms of. I I do think there's a, a reality to like, it's probably easier for the two of us to talk about comics that came out in the 2000s than uh, covering, you know, what we've covered so far in my Marvelous year, which is 60s, Certainly 70s, less 80s. loaded, because not as many people are like, this is my childhood. There's the there's comic. less destroying people's childhood, <laughs> which is more your yep. thing. Um, but there's yep. also, like, the, the history and the political angles and, like, just things that were happening in the moment. It's at mm-hmm. least like, yeah, I was a sentient adult. When, or I was a sentient <laughs> person when some yeah, of these things sure. happened. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Because um, yeah. we were we were in our teenage years for most of the Ultimate Verse. Yeah, yeah. I, and I, I think and actually, I and I was I mean, a real big adult when I was thirteen. <laughs> let me tell you, <laughs> Dave has just has been a big big daddy since thirteen years old. I have always been destined to be a big daddy. I think that was actually it's that really was, that's what it actually says in my high school yearbook was most likely big daddy. And then I got I got second actually I didn't to even tell win, the, but tell the truth I saw you on let's say today is a Friday we recorded on Monday is that right yeah and uh, and Tuesday Tuesday we recorded Tuesday. Tuesday you had just shaved perfectly clean faced smooth baby boy and mm-hmm. now you have a thicker beard than I am able to grow period <laughs> and <laughs> it has been three days that's true that makes me furious uh, yeah yeah, yeah. So. no it's uh, I gotta say the the one week's double. Is peak. If I could keep one week stubble year round, I mm. would. I would absolutely do that. But I have not figured out how to perfect it. Uh, anyway, this My is less about facial hair tips, yeah. more about what's happening in the Ultimate Universe. Oh, you have of tips? Comics. I'd love to hear them. <laughs> I do. We can do. We can do beard uh, coverage on the variant special. And you know what? Like, hey, if there's if there's enough interest, because now that we've done a year of Ultimate Universe coverage, if there's enough interest from our listeners and, and those of us who are, those of you who are supporting us over at Patreon um, in like an Ultimate Universe variant special where we answer some questions, maybe we could do something like that as a bonus. Um, and we can throw beer tips in there, right? But but reach out to myself at Comic Book Herald yeah. or Zach at Mime Raw this year 
if that's something that would be of interest. Okay. Okay. But let's let's get into these comics. So first up, the first thing we read today was Ultimate Extinction one through five. This is written by Warren Ellis. It's got art by Brandon Peterson and colors, uh, making it pop, making it pop by Justin Ponzer. Um, Ultimate Extinction is the conclusion to the Galactus trilogy, right? Started back with uh, <laughs> Ultimate Nightmare and Ultimate Secret, God, I love and now we're here Nightmare. at Ultimate Extinction. And I, I don't love this trilogy. I think no. I've I've been consistent in that. Um, it's it's interesting too to read in the same episode as we read an Ultimate's two story by Miller and Hish, which is all again like I've never been a huge Ultimates guy. I wouldn't consider that myself that. I've talked about this a bunch, but like I left it off my top 100 Marvel comics from 98 to 2015 list. It was probably definitely in like the top five most controversial stories to have left off because it's really big, right? And has a mm-hmm. huge amount of influence. Reading them again is way more interesting and way more compelling than most things in the Ultimate Universe. You know, whether or not I think they're great, they're way more interesting. And like Ultimate Extinction, I think that is. It's just like when you stack it up against what's happening in Ultimates 2, which mm-hmm. is wild and just in, in action-packed in ways that this is not, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's pretty obvious that, like, the Miller and Hitch stuff is better. Like, I don't—I would oh, not yeah. have accepted oh, I that, I think, no initially, question. but now it's like it's it's not really close, you know? Oh, you, you would have considered the Galactus stuff better? I think I would have because I had a lot more affinity for Warren Ellis' writer. You know, I had a lot more affinity for his work. And here, like, when you go back and read this Ultimate Universe stuff, it's it's really, like, kind of just a miss uh, over and over again. Yeah, I I don't know. I'm hit or miss on Warren Ellis' best stuff. Like, I love um, Planetary, and I am more lukewarm on Transmetropolitan than most people. Mm -hmm. But this, like, this has none of those the feel of those comics this is like this feels very anonymous to me well and it's like all this feels very bland and kind of like there's no spark here it doesn't it doesn't feel like there's much of a unique authorial voice to any of this uh i mean i I don't know it reads very distinctly alice to me but i I, with the the pseudoscience and and the little mm. you know the quippy asides between carol Danvers being being tough and telling sue storm i have a gun and then sue saying yeah but you want to go shopping and she's like yes like that feels very ellisian and in a bad way i don't think it's good writing (laughs) it's it's that feels like his kind of of joke it's a very joss whedon joke of just like yeah yeah i get gender norms i'm making fun of them but also uh, there's they still exist and uh, speaking of uh speaking of creators who are very much on the outs comparing him to joss but no it's just like what are the big interesting ideas in Galactus because that's the thing about Ultimates Volume 2 is you look at it and I'm like wow I can and we're going to talk about it like there's bold ambition and ideas in that story there's one (laughs) I think there's like one idea and it's what Galactus is besides that eh, yeah I mean there's a so all right so this story is Galactus is he's here basically Mm -hmm. right like Galactus like we're seconds away from Galactus getting here he actually shows he being strongly in quotes here it shows up the, the Galactus, which this version, this reimagined Galactus, is, um, I mean, what would you describe it as? A ring of lots of technology? Yeah, it's like, it's a <laughs> hive mind. Of lots of individual components? Yeah, it's a hive mind. Yeah, it's a hive mind of, like, many robots. Uh, and it does, creations. you know, ultimately it does the same things as Earth-616 Galactus, but the way it goes about it is is different in that, like, so this alien machine technology, essentially, this hive mind, um, it... It shows up, it drives everyone on Earth, like, mad with fear. 
Um, and basically, like it debilitate it debilitates a planet's defense defenses and defense mechanisms by uh, kind of these viruses and these various things that like infect it. Which, as alien invasion stories go, I sort of appreciate the differences. I suppose in in the alternate universe version, where it's like it's not just this big entity showing up and being like, "I hunger, I'm here to eat." It's well, it's a little more strategic. It never happens. That's all exposition for, like, Reed Richards is just like, here's what it's going to do. Uh, it's never going to get to that point, though. You know, like, yeah. so, I mean, I, yeah, I guess so. I guess that's interesting. That's I, the threat I, I they're think, facing. Like, yeah, the threat they're facing is fine. I, I, I think the, you know, the threat. I mean, Galactus alien. never eats Earth, but his threat <laughs> is yeah. that that's what he's going to do, yeah. right? Galactus 2, he does send what we get as Galactus reimagined. Galactus 2? <laughs> yeah, I wish. <laughs> the sequel to Galactus. Uh, he sends reimagined Silver Surfers as well uh-huh. who are silver surfer with archangel wings and it's there's a the lot of them wings yeah and what they do is they aren't anywhere as interesting as norton rad which Instead, is crazy because he's not that interesting in in like the original galactus oh i like silver surfer i like silver he's, surfer plenty he's kind of a uh, yeah. he's he's he, cooler than you back off my guy <laughs> he's cool hang out with norton in a second <laughs> um he yeah, they basically the just set up uh uh suicide cults for, uh, so yeah. the the surfers are intended to like again it's debilitating the planet's defense mechanism. It tries to get a bunch of people to wipe themselves out before Galactus comes. There's just there's no to flavor to it. That that's my my problem is it just feels like they're just saying that. You know, it's the difference between like making me like feel and experience some cool idea versus just like put telling me what the cool idea is. Like, yeah, that's an interesting enough idea. Do I get to to feel and live in the space of the silver surfer like genuinely convincing people and feel like no. that's true no no we just see that like he's in a room full of people in robes and people are like my wife she's in a cult now yeah um, it's all observed from the outside it's yeah. never really detailed i mean yeah it's it i don't know it's hard to even describe like what is the focus the focus of this book i guess is is like nick fury and kind of like the the superhero community response to a threat like this because you get you get reed richards and the fantastic four right but really it's reed and sue on the case trying to develop technology which yeah. is very i would say it's like the one maybe detail i like which is ellis mm. by way of grant morrison channeling reed's plan is to get a big bang from down the line in the multiverse and channel mm-hmm. that basically they're firing a big bang laser from a baby universe into uh, galactus is how they ultimately destroy it that's like okay that's fun science nonsense um but like yeah, so you have the Fantastic Four, you have Nick Fury, Shield, you have Carol Danvers, you have Marvel, who is introduced here. You get the X Men playing a role in this. Uh, Professor X and Jean Grey a handful of times do their psychic reach out to the Galactus entity, um, which is which is we've seen in X Men. That was yeah. like X Men real early on, like still in the the seventies. I think there's a Denny O'Neill thing where they're fighting some kind of alien hive mind, and they just like tap into the good i mean that's how they repel galactus here is it's it's literally ripping off from i think a 60s a late 60s story do you remember that one yeah, i like I, I think it's an o'neill and adams one um it's definitely yep. in that it's in that pre-claremont just era like, of x-men I where tapped it's into, like hey feel feel the world holding hands kind of thing it's also this is also except, literally except for the cab drivers and surgeons because they're busy right now that, that, <laughs> that was the note that he made before that like a funny detail yeah, yeah. Um, but like airline pilots, anyway. Um, so there's there's two there's two stories today, Ultimate Extinction with that moment and Ultimates Two, which we'll talk about, that are ripping off 
Graham Morrison's work on um, JLA. Uh, is it World War Three? Is that the story arc? Um, the last, the last story arc of Morrison's JLA. Oh, Both of I've those comics rip arc. off that book, which came out in the mid to late nineties, very hard. And they're both very aware of it. It's uh, yeah, not oh, an okay. accident. Okay. There, there's also, I mean, Warren Warren Ellis is like maybe that's a reference, but also it just it, it's not interesting and new. It's a so trope. It it's an overused. I mean, I've seen it in Doctor yeah. Who. I've seen it in X Men. I've seen it. I in mean, so places. so is the Hive. I I actually kind of like that Galactus is just not another big tall man. You know, I like, like imagining it. I don't have a problem with that. I do. He's just you know he's the Borg from Star Trek. Like yeah, which is an idea that's been around for a while, and like th- there's just not that much. Fresh start. That's what I mean. I kind of just feel like this is a little anonymous, and the uh, the closest thing I get to feeling an authorial voice is that he uh, cracks bad jokes about women. Is bad about writing women. Like it's all over the Sue, it, but she makes the shopping comment to Carol mm-hmm. Danvers, and then later on, Reed is like setting up the 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 laser gun that's going to shoot the Big Bang at Galactus, and she's just like. Reed, you need to stop right now and tell me what's going on. He's just like, we're about to die. We need to get out of here. And she's just like, stop yelling. I refuse to leave the test site. And it's like, who is this person? Like, he's just Well, and it's funny, too, because Ellis wrote Reed and Sue in Fantastic Four and actually oh, liked yeah, his a, Sue better in that point. in those stories, yeah. you know, which were not that long ago. Because well, he wrote Sue they were stronger that good, and cooler they than Reed. Yeah, well, yeah they, they weren't that good, but they did not make her into this, like... You know, flimsy. I liked I liked that interpretation better. I'm certain of yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and yeah, it's slipping I, and, here. And Misty Knight is okay here. She she comes in. She's not a disaster. Although, like Tony Stark is just like, yes, she's a hero cop. She saved a lot. I gave her a prototype arm, and she's got a divine bottom. And she just you know has nothing to say to that because it's just normal for a man to comment on like. Well, Tony Tony's in rare form. Uh, this this segment of Tony Stark Iron Man definitely leans into lewd drunk rdj there, tony there's, i i think almost miller can pull that off better because like he makes mm. it see i don't know like for that like he's so gross there that it's like clear that he's being gross this was not i don't know what if you ellis if you take a shot enough like here's the thing ellis is a sex pest and mm-hmm. if you take a shot every time misty talks about a butt mm-hmm. has her butt misty? talked about oh okay yeah yeah um okay she says the word, literally says the word butt <laughs> in that first issue <laughs> five times, probably. Again, mm. take a shot. You'll be pleasantly drunk. You won't die. It's not one of those. <laughs> but, uh, like, five, you will get drunk. Five would be, ooh, oh, boy. Yeah, right. Like, yeah. give me five shots of Malort, baby. I'm soaring. I'm soaring. <laughs> Tell you that for free. <laughs> Malortin. Uh. <laughs> uh, all right. So, yeah, I think we're both generally pretty down on this trilogy. I mean... I, let's talk artistically. Like Brandon Peterson's work for ooh, me is, I think, <laughs> disaster is too strong. I it's digitized in a way that I do not enjoy. I do not like this style. It's overly yeah. digitized. I think for non-character work, scenes of space or like kind of almost like a poster of Galactus. That stuff comes Galactus out okay. Looks okay. Yeah, anything Galactus that is okay. people, <laughs> I that, don't care for. That end scene where uh, Moon Dragon, all the Moon Dragons are attacking. Oh yeah, there's Shield. a bunch of clone Moon Dragons. Not sure. I mean much. that that is a that is like some of the worst comic art I've ever seen. Period. Like that is terrible to look at. Justin you... Ponzer's colors pop. They pop, Which, baby. They're solid. Awful. Justin Bowser is a very good colorist. Um, But yeah, artistically, it's like there's not a ton to save it. Um, It's disappointing that this is the trilogy. 
that we get in the Ultimate Universe. Because, like, definitely in the moment, it's a big deal. Again, it's like mm-hmm. a high celebrity, high profile creator working on the title. I think, too, like, if you're a fan of this and you're spending this in real time, years of this build up to Galactus, he shows up to Earth's border, then mm-hmm. gets fleet- knocked away. Like, that's a disappointment, too. It's not quite Fantastic Four 2, the movie, you know, where, like, the cloud shows up and we don't even get anything like galactus you know it's not that bad um <laughs> like but it's cloud. not that far off either yeah yeah uh, i haven't seen that movie since i saw it in the theaters but i remember like i think that's but the I, right way I probably to, like I feel like people that have gone back it's like what <laughs> i run a complex yeah. site i don't have enough reason to go back so yeah, you know. yeah i probably i probably wouldn't like it now i don't think i'd ever read a galactus comic at the time so i was just like oh cool what's in the cloud <laughs> cool mystery <laughs> um sure. yeah i yeah galactus looks cool i think the yeah it, it's wild because we have 14 issues and then issue this is the 15th and ultimate issue mm-hmm. of this this mini series it's the final issue and you started out being like oh wow he just got here now it's all gonna get wrapped up in one issue and yep. it just feels like this rust conclusion after 14 issues of just like kind of spinning our wheels it's it's really badly paced as well so yeah yeah, yeah i think both of us are pretty down on this i i think yeah some of the worst we've read for uh the ultimate year there, there's a few a few well, other definitely, things definitely when you this, factor in expectations and i don't even have that because i'm not like and it's placement the biggest i'm not even the biggest galactus boy so like i'm not you know well, like, but it's clearly uh, it's clearly an event yeah. it's clearly a thing in the ultimate universe did, did regardless of what your expectations are based on this was supposed to be a yeah. big important story did you read that little ellis interview at the end of one of these issues no i did not uh yeah, he just talks about how, like, he doesn't actually care about Galactus or Fantastic Four. Like, they're not his things. And I was like, oh, yeah, that that sounds about right. Like, he just said, like, he didn't yeah. he didn't grow up with them because he was, he's uh, Scottish, Irish, You know, British? that's, I think that I can often it. not be a problem. Like, yeah. uh, like, Jonathan Hickman, obviously a creator I really like, has, in interviews for the X-Men, was like, yeah, I, mean, I was a huge X-Men fan. I'm actually not really a fan of other stuff, which is funny because everything he wrote from 2008 to 2015 is mm-hmm. other stuff. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like, you don't actually have to be a fan no, of no, I don't, I don't think so. some of the best Fantastic Four, but when you're simultaneously reading not very good Fantastic Four, and then the creator's like, yeah, I don't really care about them. <laughs> yeah. What? Well, yeah. 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 <laughs> you know. Well, I, you, it's, it's, I, I don't think you need to have this like fanboy adoration of, you know, I'm going to perfectly honor and respect every, you know, great That can run. go the think, wrong way too often, too, right? Totally, totally. And I actually, like, I kind of like, I, I like when creators can be rude. <laughs> you know, like, I almost like an, a, a work that is rude to earlier pieces, yeah. you know? like I mean, like, I have no I, doubt that Kevin Smith loves Batman. I do not enjoy Kevin Smith written Batman comics. I have you not, know? I have not it's like that, you can yeah. be the uber fan and not be very yeah. good at that character. Well, I mean, totally. yeah, yeah. So I... I I'm not that. I just think, like, especially in the Ultimate Universe where it is kind of about, like, you are taking the framework of what came before and then you have to do something fresh with it to just not have that kind of, like, I, I, you don't even have to love it, but, like, understand, like, Ben Grimm. Ben Grimm I keep coming back to is Warren Ellis' Ben Grimm is just such a nothing of a character compared to 616 Ben Grimm. And it's the just, thing like, gets absolutely wasted. You have to understand the, for the original. All right. Well, let's. I think that's all we have to say about Speaking that. Speaking of people who get it, wait, who get no, the original concepts. No, I got, I got, I got a better one. Speaking of oh, yeah? wasting good characters from six one six, Ultimate six through thirteen, especially issue six, is just like this let's is talk about issue in six, a way that I because, don't like. Ugh. Yeah, yeah. Issues. No, no. You're spot on. Like issue six is 
is separate from 7 through 13. I mean, yep. for, yeah. it's part of the same story, but whatever. Issue yep. 6 follows up on what was the Ultimates annual, I believe, mm-hmm. which is this uh, this lineup of Defenders. Okay, yep. so the Marvel Universe Defenders. And what Miller wants to do here is he wants to do a total joke team. Every character who gets used here is a cynical joke representation of B or C list Marvel characters that we know from Earth 616. The way he goes about this, too, is so, so much a parody, not a parody, a riff on The Boys by Garth Ennis and Derek Mm -hmm. Robertson, which obviously, like, we're recording this in 2020, The Boys has never been bigger, right? It's got this Amazon show, which is shockingly good, which is way better than the comic. Um, But the comic comes out in the early 2000s, and basically it's just this uber-cynical, nasty, like, angry riff on superheroes. That's what Ultimates number 6 is, but it's Miller and Hitch's version of it, and it's trying to be funny. It's trying to be funny. Um, It's generally pretty rough. I would say if this... If this tone overshadowed or, like, overtook most of Miller's work on Ultimates, I would hate the run, you know? And, yeah. and not just because, like, I mean, he, oh, he's they're making fun jokes. of my favorites, like, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. It's that, it, they're doing it in a way that is, again, it's intentionally cynical, and it's intentionally just, like, it's just, like, that immature kind of childish humor, you know, sure. um, that, that doesn't hit with me really at all. Uh, so uh, the characters that are part of this lineup, who do we got? We got Valkyrie. Which we got uh, I mean, Luke like, Cage. okay, let, let's yeah, let's talk about the, the in order of what what is the the rudest use here. I think of these because I'm like Valkyrie. Okay, I haven't read that much Valkyrie to be that mad about this, even though this character is not funny, right? Like she's just like I, she's just 19 and wearing a, a, a thong. thong, yeah, and nothing yeah, else. There's there's no real joke to it. Uh, I did think Damien Hellstrom being here is funny. I like just a punk like goth kid. Uh, being a like punk goth of, kid calling himself the son of Satan, sure. and then yeah, that that's a. I mean, I, I like the idea of like making fun of these kind of like C list things that no one has thought of or really significantly used in like thirty, forty years. Black Knight, uh, I mean, Black Knight actually showing up was a bummer because the joke would have just been better if he was always yeah. late in traffic. Like yeah, Black Knight always being on his way, being stuck in traffic. They did two times, and then he actually showed up and just looked like a guy in cosplay or like larping. So yeah, him showing up under, added nothing. You're undercut, totally right. Cut, undercut the the same joke. There was one other, there's one other person there who's like fine that I was like okay that oh Nighthawk right like yeah this you don't need Wait, a Nighthawk. Nighthawk is actually Darkhawk, which I didn't realize until later in this issue. Oh okay. Oh oh right. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. From that for whatever reason they call him Darkhawk. Sure. Yeah. But Luke Cage and Luke, there's there's literally no jokes here. He's just there. It's just Power Man, and they introduce he's just him wasted. He's just wasted. Horrible, awful. Uh, I, I got so mad about that. <laughs> yeah, like, no, it's just a total waste. But basically, it's just like it's this joke wannabe superhero team. They're totally just in it for the fame and for the press. The you know the um the Dark Hawk character here is literally calling up press contacts. They have like almost it's not fake, but it's like a scheduled bust a burglary thing um, yeah. where they like yeah. they know something's going to go down in a warehouse so they set up the press to be there and then Hank Pym is kind of like joining up with this team because Hank Pym is disgraced right from the Ultimates he is disgraced for being a, uh, a wife abuser with Janet Van Dyne um, he's disgraced uh, by the Ultimates not only that but like they've used they're using his giant man formula on other people now can just use his stuff mm-hmm. you know yeah. they like it like it doesn't need to be Hank Pym even though he still has you know, this ability, and he's trying to rebrand here. So he's like, Hank Pym right now is basically, um, what is it, like Philip Morris? 
you know, where they're like, they're known for like deadly cigarettes and then they rebrand to something else, you know, like a company like going through, you get the word, you, you, you know, you probably I, don't need the analogy for rebrand. Everybody gets yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like he's trying to rebrand okay. as right. Ant-Man specifically. I'm, I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah yeah. 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 And he's also, while he's doing <laughs> he's this, like, he's working I'm trying on to get, Ultrons. I'm, I'm trying to get the ants in there, but there, there can't be more than 30 around this warehouse. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So th- that actually was good. So when they set up this bust, Darkhawk jumps in. And he gets his butt whooped because like none of these people actually have powers. So like, and it's like Hank Pym it, showing up is they're like, wow, he's a real celebrity. He was really on the Ultimates, and and um, they're like, and he actually has powers. So they're like all like super excited about that. Yeah, yeah, and he, you um, know they yeah. undercut it by it, it's like it's half a joke kind of right that like the defenders are just so bad at this, but then he gets like he breaks his ankle as he jumps onto somebody like Batman. And then he gets tossed out a window onto a car, and these punks just try to, like, light him on fire before Hank Pym comes in and, like, saves him. And it's like, I, he maybe is trying to get us to sympathize with Hank Pym, but I absolutely don't. Uh, I don't think maybe. so. I don't think so much. I mean, it's yeah, it's still, I, I mean, Hank is still embarrassed to... thoroughly here because he has to bust into giant size. He turns naked when he does. So the press is just Hank being naked and embarrassed yeah. trying to save this pathetic attempt to stop a, a burglary you know yeah. from dark hawk so yeah i mean it doesn't do him any favors he, he has a moment here where he's he's meeting with nick fury and uh you know he's trying to pitch him on like hey i could be Ant man i could hey have you heard about my ultrons like these robots would be cool you could use them instead of cap and nick's like hank you're you're an embarrassment go away i can't be seen working with you yeah you know? yeah so it's yeah, not yeah. gonna happen but yeah this issue it's the whole tone of it it, it again it's like it's i think the ultimate's annual you know, it did the gag. The Ultimate Annual, I liked. I yeah, liked that it did the lot, gag, yeah. but it didn't. It didn't lean into the tone in such a way that was that sort of like junior high guys, like you know, elbowing each other with a bad joke. You know there's what I mean? Just, there's just not jokes here either. It's not even that they're bad jokes. I mean, like Hank sleeps with 19 year old Valkyrie. It's not a joke. It's just gross, right? Like it, it's just supposed to show that like Hank is down. Well, on, she'll be 20 in know. April. Right. That's the joke. But like, yeah, yeah no, it's, it's a, a joke. Just, uh, you're you saying it's not a joke is is discrediting their attempt at a joke. I, yeah, I just think there's a <laughs> lack of like a, just even like attempted like humor here that I, I don't know. Um, there's also you know it's some of those Millerisms where it's just like people say stuff and you're just like, wait, what? That doesn't. That's not like a human. Those are not words that humans would say. So like, Jan meets uh, Jan and Hank are meeting up. And it starts out with, like, they're just having coffee. And she's like, oh, my God, I can't believe I'm having an affair with my ex-husband. And then he's just like, we're having lunch. And she's just like, oh, feels like an affair to me. It's just like one of those, I don't know, either he's writing Jan to just be an absolute idiot, right? She's just like an airheaded dum-dum. Or it's just really clumsy writing. Um, Mm, I I don't know if that example stands out in the way to me. But to the point of Jan being, I mean, Jan looks quite bad in these comics. I mean, I think that's the thing about Miller's Ultimates ultimately is they all kind of suck and that's kind of the the point i think yeah, in some ways I mean, of his ultimates is it's not it's not quite the watchman thing of like you know hey your heroes are actually flawed and messed up people but it's definitely a post watchman comic in that sense of like you know everyone here has problems everyone here behaves badly you know I, what i mean but, but to make like you have two female characters and one of them is a sex mink and the other one is somebody who keeps returning to her abuser and that's her entire personality you know like it's it just kind of stinks you know like captain america i like that like captain america bruce banner iron man they all have like complicated messy bad personalities jan's personality is jan and betty ross betsy ross 
both of their personalities are that they are obsessed with abuse of men. And that's it. It's like the extent of these women. And I think that's just kind of a bummer. Which I thought, and it, I thought and Jan actually talk- had like more story before this point. Like, I feel like she was set up better. And then kind of this arc yeah. really just like doubles down on her kind of her being just kind of a jerk. Um, to really like fizzing out on her relationship with Captain America and just being fed up with him being old and all that, which is like not disinteresting, I would no. say. Uh, yeah. Um, I think but the way she say. communicates it is definitely like, you know, it, I don't know. It's leaning into like her just being feels- fed up and wanting to try new things. But the fact that she then has to go back to her abusive husband is rough stuff, I think, to have to watch. I just, I don't. It- it's, and she doesn't really get a heroic moment. She doesn't really get a turn. Yeah, you know, no, is the no, other thing. Like not. everybody else gets a turn. Like Tony Stark can be a drunk womanizing lech, but he also has this really cool Iron Man space armor that he comes down and saves the day with, right? Yep. Um, Captain yep. America can be, you know, like old-fashioned and a jerk to multiple people and misunderstand things in the way of the world. But then when he gets released from prison, he's the best fighter and he can beat up every, all the bad guys and beat up all the terrorists, right? Like everybody else gets that moment. Jan doesn't get a moment. Yeah, you know, she's not even good good at being a superhero. Um, her moment, her moment is freeing a man, because yeah. her <laughs> moment is when yeah, she's right. like, they're like, you didn't even free Captain America, and she pulls a you know Osmandius, and it's like I did mm-hmm. it five minutes ago. Um, yeah, okay, yeah. So it, it's it's I think no, it's no also argument. like just between Miller, it, it's that thing with with his writing with some characters where it's unclear whether it's clumsily written or she's being cruel to Captain America because it reads as cruel, but then I'm also not sure if that's really what his intent is that's anyway so, i don't really have that problem with with any clumsiness i mean i think miller is quite competent uh as writing dialogue and writing story frankly i know I, I think he just makes decisions that i'm like skeeved out by yeah i i think just sometimes it's like having control over the scene i i feel like that sometimes slips and maybe it, it just reads differently on the page than maybe is intended or there, there's just like there feels like there's a little wonkiness to it and i can't quite tell if it is like something intentional that i'm reacting poorly to right like if this is just something that i don't like uh because i think it's like off-putting or if it is just genuinely like it's just because it's um it's written differently than it's being portrayed i get that with invincible a lot it's like one of my big problems with that comic is that i feel like the uh the like the writing and the art and everything kind of have this mismatch where i'm like i have moments of like something something's off about this like what is being conveyed is not like the the art and the words and the tone of the scene do not quite line up and there's just something right right. like your reading comprehension is is a little (laughs) it always comes in that would explain why you wouldn't didn't enjoy it um yeah but i mean i would say otherwise ultimates volume 2 7 to 13 like a very engaging story uh, it's the action is nonstop. It is all of this is like so. We saw in the first volume, you know, it's Loki or the appearance yeah. of Loki yep. setting up Thor to look crazy and for the Ultimates to take him down. I would say, you know, I said earlier, like nobody's heroic. I mean, Thor is the one. Th- Thor is the one here. who comes out good. Yeah, yeah, he comes out good. Yep. Um, yep. Everybody else, you know, is messy. But like all of all of what happens is is this plot to like unravel the Ultimates. And what we saw in the first volume or the first half of the second volume here was Nick Fury increasingly pushing the Ultimates to be the American world police, right? So, like, the Ultimates at this point in this arc, they are firmly cemented as America's army, essentially. They are yeah. America's super-powered Wh- weapon. Which, yeah, and that that first arc was all about, like, no, no, it's not going to go down that route until yeah. all of a sudden it did, right? So, like, it, it's a good payoff for that. And, and it, it does lead directly into, like, the main supervillain team here is a result of that, right? Like, it is a 
all these other superpowers across the world or third world countries all banding together to stop America from being the world's policeman. Which I will um, say, I, I do actually really appreciate. I think there's a boldness in an ambition to, in 2005-6, again, we're, we're in the Iraq war here. I think definitely sentiment had turned <laughs> by this point. Um, but to have actually like, hey, you uh, displaced all these refugees and Captain America, like you yelled at them as you were displacing them. Like Captain America is not, he does not come across well in that moment yeah. of, of displacing all these, you know, um, foreign refugees. And, like, some of them turn out to be supervillains. They turn out to hate America. And it's like there's actually some sort of rationale and light compassion in the sense of, like, sure, well, yeah. what would push them towards that direction, right? Well, um, I mean, it, it is a, a, you know, it's some, a kind of self-reflection where that Americans generally don't want to have, which is like, yeah, why, why does terrorism happen a lot of the time? You know, yeah. like, it, it doesn't mean that, you know, it's excused, by any means but like the root cause of terrorist action is very often you know there's a straight line between the actions of our military and uh and people's response to it right? what i'm like, saying like that's this comic is think, telling that story right it is yeah, exactly. it is hitting that so, metaphor very yeah. very hard um and i actually really appreciate miller like i think there's a boldness to yeah. them telling that story in the moment because we, we yeah, talk especially. constantly about yeah. the ultimates being uh the post 9 11 reaction oh, yeah Exactly, but this is yeah. so deliberately and specifically the react. You know what I mean? Like so deliberately and specifically of the moment in ways that Miller and very few others could really get away with. Like think of a creator right now in Marvel or DC writing a very specifically Trump superhero comic, the biggest one in yeah. their line. You know what I mean? Like that would get like savaged in a way that like Miller and Hitch kind of kind of skate around here well it's an impressive I, I balance think, i don't know i think maybe yeah i agree i think maybe that comes from the fact that they talk about all this and this is not the biggest critique but i think it does undercut the point that like these villains come in you know they wreak some havoc they're basically trying to like stop the american military and shield and they even say like you know minimize civilian death we're not here to you know destroy the population we're here to um, well some <laughs> like, some of them i mean so it's, yeah. it's like well it's no like wait, kind wait, of a so masters me... of evil kind of thing you know, you got yeah. like you got some names you might know, a Crimson Dynamo. You got Loki, obviously involved, but then there's a handful of others. Um, like the one guy just goes by Abdul, like that's his name, right? Yeah, but go on. Well, yeah, to a point, he said, you know, he's kind of the the counterpoint to Captain America here. Yeah, so like they, they come in, they're trying. <laughs> I like the the moment where they're just like, you know, we're gonna destroy your military. Maybe we'll give you free elections. <laughs> you know, which yeah, is like, yeah. Hey, right. Never, never been more, uh, you know, like relevant than uh, than right now. Um, because Trump actually won, Dave, and we have been having that argument offline. That is Zach's uh, <laughs> opinion. You heard it here, recorded. And I'm listen, I don't want to talk about it anymore. But you know, uh, <laughs> God, um, I, yeah, I you love will not find Zach on the regular uh, social networks anymore. I love <laughs> he is fleeing as we speak. No, funniest no, is... headline like I've ever read in my life is Trump's like I'm moving out, but I didn't lose. <laughs> Cracks me up. It okay, is anyway. wild, wild stuff. But no, you're right that like some of the the dialogue like that, I think is. I mean, they, they, very deliberate. Like, it, it's it, Miller it's being more specific because previously you've complained or critiqued, I should say, yeah, uh, that he was his specificity or like I don't really know what he's saying. I don't know yeah, that you yeah. can have any doubt about what he's saying in he these is. comics. I, no, no, and I think I think this is all good. I, and you know, I, I appreciate it that it's not one of these like. You know, you dropped a bomb on my my village in Afghanistan, and I'm scarred. So now I'm just gonna kill women and babies. So like, I, yeah. I have a good reason for it, but I'm also just like an irredeemable monster. 
now, right? Like, which ironically, do, like, like, is what his authority is, <laughs> right? Yeah, a handful of years earlier. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I think the thing that like probably lets this pass by without it being absolutely, you know, like savage, like you said, is that there's not really consequences too bad for anyone here, right? Like everyone kind of gets it. It doesn't wrap up with this, and it doesn't wrap up with like, wow, they won but the ultimates are absolutely shattered. And, you know, like, there are some consequences. Like, Black Widow turned on them and is now dead. So Tony Stark lost his fiance, but now he's, he's got a blonde that he's chasing now. And Captain Which, America ends did you on enjoy? Of- did you enjoy that that humor, that Tony Stark? Uh, I actually thought that actually surprised me because I had forgotten about the turn. It's kind of, it's corny and it's not, what's the word? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know that it's quote-unquote good, but that I joke hate actually, it, but I, didn't, I was kind of like, like, okay, I smirked. Okay. I was like, sure. There, there was a couple jokes this, this year or this batch that, that got me, but no, that wasn't one of them. Okay. Yeah, I, I think it doesn't like quite damn the entire endeavor. Oh, it doesn't, uh, as, it doesn't at all because Captain America, right. I mean, Captain America still gets the big, I'm Captain America and I win. I mean, the difference here yeah. is he beats the terrorist in hand-to-hand comp. The terrorist, I guess, is even calling him that is like, but anyway, he beats the villain here in hand-to-hand combat. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he doesn't have the big... Do you think this A stands for France moment? Well, he's like, you he's know, deliberately no, like no quips this time. Except, okay, that is true. Except that the moment, because the guy's just like, you know, oh, here it comes, the big quip. And then Captain America doesn't do that. He just kills him with a laser sword. Except for literally... He does literally, kill him with Darth Maul's lightsaber. Yes. That's literally true. 10 seconds earlier, the guy's hands had been cut off by Captain America's shield. And Captain America screamed, hands off! And I missed that. <laughs> That's cool. The, the shield yeah, came that. flying in, cut the man's hands off, and then it, uh, it, the guy got his hands cut off, fell into the fountain, and he's like, fine, kill me with one of your hero quips. And he's like, no quips this time. And it's like, you literally just yelled a, yeah, a, okay. a hand pun. <laughs> yeah, that, so that kind of, <laughs> that kind fair, of undercut that. Fair, um, Yeah, but I mean, it's, it, 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 it's a comic that has something to say, and it also like is huge massive action again like it's it's a masters of evil sort of betrayal they do like really like and, and that's one thing that's interesting about miller and hitch's take on the ultimates too is like when they defeat a super team you know it's not just like hey the avengers got beat up at their mansion again it's um oh they just conquered america and mm-hmm. the president is on the run in air force one that got blown up and maybe george his w wife bush died? gets disrespected by mark miller so much in uh, the ultimates comics i know it's, it's i know funny yeah yeah, but it's like no, it's just like it gives you that full. Oh, do you think he was killing off of the wor- Laura Bush? Is that I think what he that was? I mean, there's a the back I mean, half he, of the plane gets blown Laura. up, and you see George yell Laura, and oh, that's it. Oh yeah, I thought he was just yelling out of concern, but I'm just God. saying that doesn't <laughs> happen dark. in most comics. <laughs> yeah, God, right? yeah, if they just killed off Melania Trump in a Marvel comic. Can you, Can you imagine the, the news storm I, around that? Good grief! Oh but anyway, um, would not say anyway, um. So like oh, yeah, wow. the, the fact that they're Dave Busing endorsing the the death of Melania <laughs> Trump in a Marvel comic, that's going to be all over CBR tomorrow. <laughs> well, I look forward to it on all the social networks that you're fleeing to on uh, Parlor BR, where yeah. you'll be, where you'll be posting it <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, anyway, <clears throat> yeah, but I I the boldness that they're taking on again, I think I sort of underrated it initially. Like there is a fearlessness, even if it's like somewhat i don't know like ham-fisted it's, it's sometimes. muted by you know being still a mainstream comic but i, I think it's it's, still it's, it still comes out in the version of the story that is safer by marvel standards because it's sure. like and the good guys won and you know the change the big change by the end of this is the ultimates disconnect 
from Nick Fury's shield. They're not going to be the arm of the American government anymore. They're going to be a separate entity as we know them to be like like the Avengers in Earth 616, right? Um, yep. Which in many ways is what we've kind of been looking for. But at the same time, it also disconnects them from what made them uniquely Ultimate Universe. Yeah, right? yeah, I'll be into, so I think this is as far as I've ever read into the Ultimates. I've definitely you read know, this before. I think this is I've, I've like sort of so. popped in and out of stuff uh post ultimatum from this point like for continuity purposes, but I haven't yeah. I'm actually really excited to read thoroughly all of it because it gets weird and wild from here and like I know yeah. like historically like people are like yeah, it sucks, um but I'm actually really curious just to see like okay, why does it suck if it does. But anyway. So I I think there's one kind of big mistake that that ruins this arc for me and it's the, it's the final issue here which is that like this whole group of supervillains is stopped right the plan by them is stopped iron man comes in with the the huge enormous you know mecha iron man um which i thought then, visually was kind of hard to grasp yeah exactly yeah i agree it, felt, it, it was cool like a cool like it's like a cool idea but yeah when when you have a mecha iron man it should which is weird cuz brian hitch is usually very good at the like mm-hmm big larger than life cinematic stuff yeah I, I agree it didn't quite hit the like the scale of it um yeah 13 comes in with thor breaks out he gets his hammer back it's clear he is the god of thunder because he loki actually summons forth like the greatest hits of thor comics right so yeah like, the world serpents here all those surger um, yep surter the wolves from Fenrir. uh yeah yep right big goblins whatever it's like all the the asgardian giants yeah he's got every monsters and stuff are here and then thor shows up he brings the rainbow bridge and then all of like asgard comes rushing in and they fight you get these big like kind of off panel though right so it's like all of asgard's here but like you kind of only see him in shadow almost yeah yeah no we don't get like specific you don't see odin or you know uh, but it is confirmation that like thor was not uh making all this up right exactly i i think this this makes the whole thing feel a little overstuffed and deserved its own thing for me, right? Mm-hmm. Because it was like, we just had the... Inno- I, I was a little exhausted, I think, by this point. It's a full-on like, invasion after a full-on invasion. Exactly, right? and I kind of was like, this is all really cool. I wish it was not happening now. I wish like we this was this had some time to breathe, and we got this like as its own arc, because I think it kind of deserves that. It's a lot. That. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it's, not, it's not awful, it's just like, I, it, it's... Well, and it's it not like, like we didn't have, have the setup better. of Loki being the ultimate villain. You know, yeah. like we knew, like it's there. It's not out of nowhere. Um, but it does feel kind of rushed by the conclusion. I mean, so what, what turns the tide for the Ultimates when this Asgard invasion happens is the return of Thor. But then you also have Hulk shows back up. So we mm-hmm. get Bruce Banner back in the mix. Apparently he Just was cause. visiting again. And, uh, yeah. and Hulk actually has some control now, it would seem. Uh, and he yeah. like, you know, he helps essentially, uh, even if he's not, you know, fully a hero. And obviously we'll see an ultimate Wolverine, ultimate Hulk, kind of his status to a degree. Um, but yeah, it it is, it is a lot on top of it. I remember really not liking the Asgard drop at this point, the first read. And I don't know that I like it any better this time around, because again, it's like, it's all just kind of like, it's just a lot thrown at you very fast, and we don't really get to lean into, like, what yeah, is the ultimate version of Asgard at all? Yes, you know? right, yeah. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, it's, it's wasted here, but it does feel wasted. It's kind of like, oh, I, I would have rather seen this played out a little more, right? I would have yeah. I would have rather had the Asgard arc be its entire arc, because this is weird stuff for the Ultimate Universe. Right, right. Like, right. magic and this kind of, like, strange, you know, gods and stuff is not something that's in the ultimate universe too much mm-hmm. um it would have been nice to, to like see that in more than just like 
here's five awesome splash pages and then it's over and there's no you know story substance in it. so yeah I guess there is a moment cool. i really like in this issue which is so there's one of the super villains is a guy who looks exactly like thor um but he has a hammer and a sickle and presumably oh, he's God. one of the russian yeah. super yeah. villains and he so all the villains get rounded up in like issue 12 and then in 13 the hammered sickle guy's just walking around going, uh, is there anywhere I can surrender? I think they forgot about me. Because I think the creators <laughs> forgot about him yeah, in the previous sure. issue I, and then just I had mi- to like, ra- that. wrap funny. up that tie. Yeah. It's a good gag. That's, that's a I good. enjoyed that. So there was one Miller gag that here that really got me, which is that Wanda keeps flirting with the robots. <laughs> you did like that. Okay. That, yep. that was really funny to me that like uh, Quicksilver is just like jealous and is just like, are you talking to that robot? And she just keeps like... It's just a little wink to, you know, because, like, her and Vision are not going to be a thing here. Clearly, not with right? this Vision version is... of Vision. So she's flirting right, with Hank's exactly. uh, Ultron robots, yes. Yeah, and I, I and it's all off-panel. It doesn't even really do much. It's just, like, a throwaway joke, but I, I thought that was very keeping good. it Keeping it as that throwaway joke, I think, is, is yeah, fine. Just um, I, yeah, off-screen. The other, some other big stuff that happens in this is uh, Hawkeye's whole family gets murdered by yeah. uh, in pretty, the Black Widow's betrayal. It's pretty a pretty... Brutal. Yeah, it's it's actually really brutal, and so they're definitely Miller and Hitch are pushing so hard to make Hawkeye uh, '80s action hero, you know. So it like almost Punisher, because Bulls, again, like Bull, literally, and, they killed his whole family. And closer to Bullseye too, right? Where yes. like he's yeah. not good with a bow and arrow. He does. The well, thing he is, is. Like, I sometimes am a sucker. I'm like a real sucker for Bullseye. I always forget to mention this when we talk about like favorite villains or whatever but like bullseye's way up there i always love him bullseye okay. here yeah and uh in like i'm such a sucker for him using like different like weird things as weapons like i don't want to kevin smith has bullseye use some specific <laughs> as a weapon in a way that i think is so cool Do you know what I'm talking about? oh and um in guardian devil okay cool like i love that stuff sure he's trying to do that with hawkeye here and like it doesn't quite land for me the same way like I'm I'm not totally immune to it. Like him plucking off his fingernails and throwing them is kind of neat, but they also overdo it. Where it's just like I'm gonna, he's gonna flick a fingernail and like puncture the guy's skull, and it's like I don't know. It it, it veers too into the silliness. Oh, I, I'm fine to... with the absurdity of it, you know, because if Bullseye can do it, why not this guy? I mean, I think the thing with no. this Hawkeye is you have, <laughs> have to. Have you compared their power levels, Dave? <laughs> Virtually identical. <laughs> um, I, the thing with Hawkeye is like. You know, you have to accept that this version is the hard ass, uh, longtime Shield employee. You know, and it's like, yeah. and the family thing is pretty brutal. But it's also like we don't have a real strong emotional connection to him the or first, his family. We, we meet them, and then the next panel, his wife gets shot. Yeah, and, and then I mean, he does make, bring in the detail, like his son gets shot in his arms, and then we later find out his two other children, including a baby. Yeah, I know. Like, killed by black widow also which is like yeah yeah it's pretty nasty i, I guess i'm not that opposed to it but yeah i, I liked zach i guess i kind of like not opposed to, to, to the death, death. Of, the death what of a the, monster put that i have one complaint about on ends ga- end game it's that hawkeye's kids came back <laughs> <laughs> i was surprised to see the only review out there that that led with that as the only critique of the film the, the uh, yeah i i like that black widow actually turned here and was like full on supervillain. You know, yeah, there's no, there's no choice. like, uh, you know, hemming or hawing or fake out or anything like no, that. No, I mean she killed, and then she shoots Jarvis in the head, which is like honestly, thank you because that character was problematic. <laughs> like, <laughs> <it's> just, <laughs> the best way to deal with problematic characters is yeah. to shoot them in the head. But yeah. like, also at the same time, Miller's still sucks with her, and it's just like right before she, you know, really kills him, 
she's like complaining that her implants are itching and like she's just you know a joke that, i mean know, that's for tony like, uh, but yeah, yeah, I mean, the, the other thing that Miller is doing here is, again, Tony Stark is a a alcoholic with cancer, with inoperable brain cancer, and yeah. he is meant to be funny. He sometimes is. Uh, he is also like a total just like, I'm just going to say anything and everything um, and be the, you know, the what's the like the playboy, you know, guy that that people think of Tony Stark potentially being in the Marvel universe except without all of the hair cuz like the RDJ version of Tony Stark like certainly as the universe progresses is a lot more heroic, I guess, than this well, version where they where this by Disney, yeah. Yeah, where like <laughs> this Tony God. is literally <laughs> drinking in his space armor. Like he's getting oh, yeah. increasingly wasted. He's there's a lot of jokes about like you know, watch out, civilians. A, I'm hammered right now, you know? But it's for a joke, right? Like, even at the end there, they're talking about how, like, drunk he is in the mecha suit. And, like, he pops champagne, blah, blah, blah. And, like, I, I kind of wish... I mean, maybe we'll see this later, but I kind of wish the comic was dealing with this. I think it'd be more interesting, a la Demon in a Bottle. It's not dealing with it at all. It's it's the pure, like... It's I'm the pure joke version of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which, again, like, it's not always bad. It's, it's sometimes funny. But that those types of things where it's, like you know, oh, he's drunk and he might kill someone, that seems like a bad message. Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't offend me, but it also doesn't doesn't land for me. Wow. All right, yeah, so wow. I guess I, I, was, uh, I was a little, a little more comment. down. I think this is my least favorite of the four Ultimate arcs we've read, but, like, I don't know, I still enjoyed it. I think I liked it more than like... I did the first time, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think, again, I think Ultimates Volume 1 and Volume 2 did impress me. This this second go around in a way I did not expect, where I was like, "Oh, I see why these comics are such a big deal now." I Even suppose. when Miller's writing a bad comic, they're still very readable, and I'm still just like, oh, "What kind of stupid stuff is coming on the next page?" You know. Well, like, and that's like I've you know I've long said like Wanted is for the longest time was my least favorite comic of all time. It is now second least favorite comic of all time. Yeah. I read all of Wanted. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, dude, dude writes a script you can read all the way to the end. I'll give him v- that. Versus Marvel, which is like awful, offensive. And very hard to read, like very hard to like, finish. Very painful hard to, to finish. read all those words. Yeah. No, and that is why it is the worst comic of all time. But speaking of comics that are not the worst comic of all time, <laughs> somewhere somewhere firmly in the middle between best <laughs> good, and good worst, segue. Ultimate yeah. Wolverine vs. Hulk again, written by Damon Lindelof, art by Lionel Francis Yu, coming off here in 2020, a stint yeah, as X Men artist. Guy? It's a good looking comic. Uh, you don't know Lionel, so Lionel Francis, I, the name he's a good, really he's a good Marvel artist. He's, he does like Secret Invasion event for them. Um, and I plenty loved of, this. Plenty like, of I other things. This. I love this art. Yeah, it's a good-looking comic. Again, it's written. So Lindelof is this is this comic starts coming out like early and lost. Okay, so like Lost yeah. had been on TV for what like a year maybe at this. Yeah, point? it was like between the first and second season that he, he clearly this, yeah. blew up. Clearly started taking more of his time because the final four issues don't come out for another three years. So in wild, publication yeah. terms, it's absolutely off the wall wild. But if you just read it, these six issues, they don't read. Like they came out a billion took, years apart. It took me literally twenty five minutes to read all six. <laughs> you know, yeah, it's yeah. like four years worth of work. <laughs> now, I when I was getting into Marvel comics, um, you know, like circuit college, I remember I don't know what it was, but there were there was like a push for like motion comics. Do you remember these? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, it was like the comic, and it would be like you know, caption like people would narrate 
the voices, yep. but and there'd be like very light movement. Like it wasn't animated. No, um, it would it just be light like, movement. There'd be layers. Panel. Like the background and the characters are on different layers, and the characters would be sliding across backgrounds. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I remember seeing one of these for Ultimate Hulk versus Wolverine, and the the scene. So this thing opens with Hulk literally tearing Wolverine in half. That visual. Like, grabbed my imagination like nothing else. You know, just the idea of Hulk and Wolverine. I was like, because again, like, I was, I had familiarity with Marvelverse, but I I had not dug into comics. And it was this thing of like, oh, comics are doing that now? Comics are like, you know, like, this this doesn't feel like uh, Stan Lee, you know, Jack Kirby kind of stuff that maybe I had more of an awareness of. You know, it was like, oh, wow, they're ripping Wolverine in half and making him crawl back to his legs. It's Mm -hmm. like... When you say it now, you know, it's like, oh, how edgy, very cool. Um, it's good. But it yeah, also it really grabbed my attention. And it's it's like a good story framing device, frankly, for, for the way Lindelof goes about telling this tale. And he does – He do, it, it's a little remarkable how good he is here at the, like, hopping timeline thing. Mm-hmm. It's got a real playfulness to it, like – and he's hinting at stuff that's coming later. So, he like, the second issue will be, like – open up on, on one scene and it'll be like no no too far go back go back and then it will like cut to like wolverine fighting a panda and it'll be like oh too far a yeah. little bit a little bit far and it's just yeah. like wait what is that about and then you find out about it later and he you know it's he does that thing where it's just like it's basically kind of one straight story but he adds a lot of dynamism to it just by like hopping perspectives and timelines and seeing the same scene from different perspectives right um over and over i think it really works and it's I think there's like some bad problematic jokes and stuff that uh, the it, they're stupid, so they don't quite offend me <laughs> much. Like yeah. Hulk having a harem of like literally 100 models in Tibet, like every and that is rooted. Tibet- I mean, he's he, it's rooted in some 616 stuff that I won't mention. I guess for fear of whatever, we don't need to go down the rabbit hole. But like there, those visuals are out there before, and, and you know, to be fair to Lindolf and company, I guess maybe like Miller and Hitch set that tone. You know what I mean? Oh, about, sure. Hey, you know, hey, this honestly, Hulk is horny. It's, you know, it's better than uh, it is better than it. It skeeved me out less than um, like anything Miller does with sex because this was like big. <laughs> literally anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, no. I mean Miller. Miller's approach to sex is abhorrent always. <laughs> you know, it's never never a world I want to live in. Um, but this this was like funny and goofy, right? You're not supposed to think about it too much. It's just like is a silly visual of like, yeah, the yeah. Hulk, uh, he just set up a, a cave in Tibet where he's just like draped in women and treasure. <laughs> and like, yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's, that's the fine. whole thing. It's, it's just supposed to be, you keep it at that. That's all it is. Do you know, this is the um, one of two comics Lindelof has written. Yeah. Yeah. I said that like he wrote, no, not even two. The other thing he wrote is like a short story in a collection of what, uh, Rip, what's that guy's name? The time Rip traveling. Hunter, yeah, yeah. Rip Hunter, yeah. He wrote. So like, this is one like this is basically in... the only one. I mean, that is fascinating. I mean, so Lindelof, like, is someone I hold in tremendous esteem now. Coming off of HBO Watchmen, uh, the Leftovers yeah. is Watch- obviously. Oh yeah, Le- fantastic. I, the, lef- the Leftovers is what he wins me with. I liked Watchmen a lot, but like, it doesn't doesn't come close to the Leftovers for me. Doesn't come close. You're loved. I so love the wrong. leftovers. Leftovers so is like, but anyway, either way, like two extremely well-known shows. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know what else he's done since Lost or those. Is there anything Nothing. between That's those it. two? Yeah, That's it really. Um, well, it's a couple, a movie, couple stuff. movie screenplays. Yeah, yeah. Um, but obviously, like a a big, great writer, I think, has proven himself that like he can do really inventive storytelling. The fact that his comics output is dedicated to you know a Wolverine Hulk battle is pretty wild. <laughs> it's really good though. Like I think like it's, it's solid. Very, it's better it's than you'd very, expect it to be. It's very competent. Like. Very, I, I think it's really hard to, to hop into comics and have this kind yeah. of like, I think he gets the medium and having 
having something tricky like this hopping time thing, you feel like a lot of comic writers would be intimidating writing a comic that like jumps time from page to page like this and mm-hmm. like has this narrator like half meta narrating the comic book to you like is kind of aware they're talking to a comic book writer without it sounding kitschy i don't know like it really worked for me there's one joke here i just want to before we talk any more about this there's one joke that really landed for me that got the big laugh which is that wolverine gets forge to make some collars um for hulk and she hulk who we meet here yeah we can come back to um and uh and the forge is explaining like some sciencey stuff it uses their own force against them blah 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 uh it you know, is like the equivalent of 88 million tons or the moon is the amount of force on this collar. So as long as the person you're attaching it on uh, can't lift the moon, we're fine. They can't lift the moon, right? And then he, this is broken up into like a 12 panel grid here. Mm-hmm. And he like lets it sit, like both of their faces staring at it as they're blankly. And Wolverine just taking a real beat to be like, uh, nah, probably not. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. having to actually think about like, could the Hulk, could the Hulk lift the moon? No, 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 that's crazy. <laughs> it is good. It's like, yeah. that joke really got me. Um, yeah, I, I really like this. I thought this was fun. It, like, super poppy. Um, the only thing maybe that's a bummer is, like, She-Hulk. She-Hulk's, uh, I, guess, I guess it's fine. It's not, like, I'm not offended by it. I just think, like, it's kind of a waste of She-Hulk. I like Jennifer Walters as She-Hulk. Yeah, and... it's not, I mean, it's, again, it's like, it's not your 616 She-Hulk, so you have to cast those expectations aside sure um, yeah, totally. this version is you know betty ross right yeah um so and it's like i the betty ross bruce thing is i i don't know that i'm equipped to like understand is this a mess <laughs> like like I how, think it's just, like this relationship like a disaster i don't know i don't know it, it just seems boring to me like they don't if if it is not offensive it's at least not sold correctly right you never understand mm. why betty or betsy Bet- we do Betty? this literally every time we talk about her. Yeah, yeah I yeah. think it's Betty. Okay, I said Betsy earlier. Yeah, Betty. Um, is a uh, yeah. You just never understand why she's into Bruce, right? It's just like no, he sucks. Get away from him. And it doesn't have that Jan thing where it's just like she's into a abusive man. She's just like, yeah, Bruce Banner. He, he makes me horny. I can't stay away from. Him. Can't keep my hands off that sexy man. Like, yeah, it really has that tone. And it's just like, why? I do. I never... mean, at least in these six issues, I at least get continue to get the feeling that they really like each other <laughs> yeah <laughs> that like they're really into each other which is good um good for them but yeah she she does go she hulk here i mean uh oh i oh i did hate that this is actually the scene i hate the most she injects herself with the she hulk thing yeah and uh and then you know it's like a, a full page of her orgasming as she transforms right it's just a joke it's just like oh that's that's my favorite page in any comic (laughs) (laughs) is the orgasm transformation panels full page uh, of orgasm oh Oh, and some people on the slack point this out i'd be remiss not to mention it the moment where jennifer walters is experimenting with the 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 hulk formula and gives it to a hamster or gerbil or something Mm -hmm. and then makes it angry by playing the dead kennedys so that it gets big it you know, expands, gets huge, blows up, and uh, and Jennifer Walters' shirt blows off. Mm-hmm. Did you even notice this? Uh, I was a little too focused on the fact that she chose to play the dead Kennedys for it, which yeah. is really awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. But, yeah. like, literally, like, her shirt just blows wide open because a hamster grows it. It's just like, yeah, that is this is very 2005 Marvel Comics for sure. Yeah, yeah, unquestionably. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you couldn't tell by Valkyrie wearing nothing but a thong for that yeah. entire issue of Ultimate Six and being 19 while she's doing it. Uh, but, I mean, other than that, yeah, I mean, again, other than that, gross negligence in terms of uh, no, I, characters, which this I, is not this the, is the most of. 
This is the most but. I've had fun. Or this was the most fun I had this this batch of comics. But yeah, it is. It, like, it's just, like you know, that's the thing is, like, it is, it's a Hulk versus Wolverine battle, and it's good, clean fun. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah it's and it's, it's also pretty smart, too, about, like, you know, so Nick Fury sends Wolverine after the Hulk. So it's that premise of mm-hmm. Wolverine's origins, right, from way back when. But with everything we have established in the Ultimate Universe about Nick Fury and Wolverine's history together, about Fury's position in the Ultimate Universe, like, it's really smart and I think clever to sort of bring that back together to uh, to have Wolverine quote working for Fury but then also kind of working against him and and throwing him and shield in the mix and then by the end of it having Fury just be like all right Hulk like because he tries to nuke him again he tries to nuke both Hulk and Wolverine which obviously like the excessive use of casual nuking is something that uh, I love in comics always works for me oh and and fun like and I I think this really hit me as a, uh, I read this as a teenager, and this one really stuck with me, because I think, like, I, I like the Wolverine. And you you were blowing up gerbils around everybody after you read this comic, And right? my shirt just couldn't As a teen, you, you had gerbils everywhere, and everybody's like, what is that weird kid doing? <laughs> Why is his shirt always unbuttoned? Ugh, gerbils, man. <laughs> you don't know, want to know what I'm doing to them back home. <laughs> so you uh, weren't trying to unbutton other people's shirts, you were just doing your own? <laughs> well, I wasn't trying to, it's just, it's what happens when the gerbil expands well i assume you you had the gerbils around <laughs> to try to unbutton gone. others shirts you know so you could get a glimpse get a peek as a teen but you were just doing yourself you were just like check out these yeah. nips baby exactly oh my god i don't want to do what you're suggesting um yeah good you creep yeah the uh the what was i gonna say oh so the the wolverine as like totally invincible but still like physical you know like him being ripped in half he his head is uh is attached here or dis not attached it's not attached to his body and nick fury's mm-hmm. interrogating just his head i yeah. love that stuff i'm like that yeah. stuff is really fun to me and like the farther along we get in 616 because we're in the 80s now and it's still just like yeah wolverine can take a bullet but ugh, it's gonna wind him <laughs> you know that kind of thing yeah versus like what we get later like that stuff really tickles me the uh, well and it's especially good like, when, you, when you're gonna pit him against this version of the hulk which you know is similarly indestructible right like you kind of have to have that set up because otherwise the battle just doesn't make any sense um but yeah so at the end of this fury is basically like all right hulk like (laughs) you're free (laughs) like we can't we can't kill you you seem like you're relatively in control and calm down i mean i guess like presumably i don't even know because you see hulk and ultimates too like should one go before the other it doesn't really matter yeah no I, i i this feels like a fun little like side story that does not I mean, think how long of a period this came out over. I'm sure they could not tie this into, you know, like the canon. Well, that's the thing. By the time it comes out, the Ultimate Universe looks totally different. So Yeah, it's, exactly. Who knows? It's set what, earlier like, than 2009 in the Ultimate Universe. I'll say that, you know, if you're reading it by calendar year. Like, and that's yeah. the thing people often ask, like, well, can't I can't I just sort by release date? It's like, well, for Ultimate Wolverine Hulk, nope. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. It does not work. No, it's better. It's better this way. All right. I think that's going to do it for us. Hey, next week... We're back on some Spider-Man. We haven't read Spider-Man in a couple episodes, but we've got yeah. uh, about nine issues of Spider-Man in the first <laughs> with episode or with issue 85 of Spider-Man also comes Ultimate Spider-Man Annual number one, <laughs> which is oh, and annual number. Oh, X-Men Annual number two. That's weird. Why did uh, the annual... Annuals are bizarre, bizarre yeah, things that never get annual. released annually. But this I think Ultimate X-Men, we are about to kick off the Robert Kirkman written era of yes. Ultimate X-Men, yeah. so that'll be coming in episode 14. That, yeah. uh, I'm looking forward to that, actually. Cool, I'm, I'm curious, I'm curious to see how that's I'm, gonna... 
I'm pretty mixed on him. So. You're you hate Robert Kirkman? Are you kidding me? Mixed no, is I, generous. No, I don't. I don't hate Walking. I've Dead. never heard I, you say a good thing about a Robert Kirkman. I like. Comic. I like The Walking Dead. Okay. What, what else has he done? I like Marvel Zombies, and I like. I don't like Walking Dead as the rest as much as the rest of the world because it's 180 issues. Come on. But well, like, you don't have to like all 180 issues. Right. No, I. I. I think I've fizzled out on that comic twice around issue 100. I have not like finished that. Walking Dead. But, I will say, yeah. but I've, I've enjoyed. I think it. I've like, read the like first okay. 100 probably. Yeah, me but too, yeah. I've got um, I've got yeah. the back half to read, um, it's, it's or good. More, less than that even. I think that's it though. Like I, I like that in Marvel Zombies. I just don't like Invincible. That's like the I think that's the only big Robert Kirkman thing that I'm like totally down on. Um, well, that's his that. other big one. Well, yeah, uh, I know. his other his newer stuff isn't quite that big yet. But anywho, mm. this is my ultimate year. Thanks everybody for listening. Uh, yeah, we will be back with episode fourteen. Music for the show is. Uh, I, had a, I had a way of doing this. Thank you. I, I said it better. I think the last time we did it. Um, no, it's created. Not. It's, no, that doesn't no, no, work. It's uh, it, it it was. We're trying to say the band by name divine by divine right, right without saying wrote, by by divine, divine right. Perform the music. For, we just you just have to put them first, right? By divine right produces music for my ultimate ear. No, and they're not the producers. Dave. Speaks yeah. for no, yeah, I don't know. It's not as good. We got to think about it. Uh, so I'm Dave. You can find myself at compacarol.com. He's Zach. You can find him at my marvelous year online. And uh, what else? What else? What else? Check out my marvelous year if you haven't already. Patreon.com slash my marvelous year for more. In the meantime, as always, it's thanks. always <laughs> ultimate. ultimate, keep it ultimate, Ult- ultimo. No, you got to save Ult- ultimatum ultim- for the ultimatum episode. Uh, we can up, start signing off up, ultimatum up ult- during our up, coverage oh, of Marvel's here, ultimatum. How do you like this? Up, up, and ultimatum. Uh, I don't. Uh, how do I'll, I like I'll, that? I don't. Is the answer. <laughs> okay. Bye, All right. I'm gonna, I'm gonna stop the recording. I got it.